What you need is the key of forgiveness to help you leave behind the past and unlock the door to a new future for you, no matter what that may look like. Life doesn't always turn out the way we want it to. Millions of people get seriously injured or ill every year, putting their lives on halt. This may cause some of you to lose your jobs, your health, and more importantly, your sense of purpose. I believe that no matter how hopeless and helpless you might feel right now, God still has a purpose for you. This show was created to help you find that purpose, to inspire you to not give up, and to find ways to find fulfillment and make your life meaningful. Does not matter how dim your past or present looks like, as long as you are breathing, you can always find a way to say, My future is alive. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Christine Waters, and I hope you enjoyed this show. Welcome to episode number seven of My Future is Alive. Now, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. This is a week after Thanksgiving, and we are approaching the Christmas season. So even though it can be very hectic this time of year, I hope you are taking time to breathe and enjoy the season. Now, we don't have a guest for this episode, but I do want to give you a few tips on how you can start feeling better quicker than later after a major injury or after a major accident, whatever it is that you're facing. Now, I'm not talking about how you can heal from your injury right away, although that can be a positive side effect of what I am going to talk to you about. I'm referring to the emotional effects of going through a major dramatic accident, injury, or even something that is infected to you by another person. Now, there's a gamut of negative emotions that can overtake you in waves after getting injured, especially if this leaves you with either a long-term disability or a permanent disability. This can cause a lot of anxiety, depression, even anger. You might look for people to blame and just get loose or just lose control of all your emotions. Now, while it is good and healthy to go through the grieving process, which does include anger, letting your emotions out, sadness, whatever you may experience, it is not healthy to stay in that negative, toxic side of emotions. So it's important that you cross that bridge of fire that you're experiencing right now. Let the fire burn out what does not need to stay and clean out all the bad and toxic emotions. Now keep on keeping on until you reach the end where the next mountain lies for you to climb. Yes, there's an, always another mountain to climb. And by the time you reach the other side, you will be light and strong enough to climb that mountain because you've let all the dross be burnt up. You've let all the negative stuff be burnt up and you will actually feel lighter. A lot of times what a major accident does is it gives us clarity. 
and refocuses our focus, if you will, to the right things. So your tough situation can either make you or break you, and the choice is yours. The choice is yours to make. Will you let your situation stop you from doing what God has created you to do? Or will you let God creatively use you despite your limitations or what you may think to be your own limitations? Now, two episodes ago when I interviewed Lee and Lavenders, we talked about how they made the decision for Derek, her husband, to stop doing physical therapy. Now, Derek went through a major motorcycle accident, damaged a big portion of his spine, and so this decision would mean that he would have to live as a paraplegic for the rest of his life. Now, Derek courageously told Leon that everything he's ever dreamed of becoming, a good father, a good Christian, a good man, it doesn't require him to have the use of his feet. And this was a decision he had to make, a resolve, if you will, in himself, within himself, to say that nothing, not even not being able to walk, is going to stop him from being able to do what God has created him to do, or do what he has always dreamed of doing, or becoming. Are you willing to decide right now that nothing is going to stop you from doing what God has created you to do on this earth, whether your body feels like it or not, whether you feel limited or not? Now, okay, so it almost sounds like I'm advocating for you to settle for being a disabled person. That's not true. I do believe in healing, whether miraculous healing or otherwise. But definitely do all the exercises. I mean, definitely do all the exercises and regimens that your doctors and therapists may prescribe. But ultimately, healing has to start in our hearts and in our minds. And I believe that the body can and will follow after. If you can overcome the anxiety, depression, or whatever other negative feelings your injury has caused, then you can have the courage to start working towards your healing. That's just my theory, but I believe it. Now, how can you overcome all the negative thoughts, feelings, and inhibitions that come? When you have an accident, different muscles of your body respond to protect you the best they can. This is where you get muscle tension, whiplash, etc. And it becomes an issue if these muscles don't learn to relax again. They stay in that protective mode and they forget their regular duty. And this then also causes the other muscle groups to compensate and help and do what that other muscle muscle is supposed to be doing. And so this causes more fatigue, causes more pain. And the best solution to this is to release the tension and retrain those muscles to do what they were doing before. We get terrible snowstorms and winter seasons here in upstate New York. In my first winter here, I slipped on black ice at my driveway. And I'd fallen before, so I didn't think much of it, except 
when I tried to get up, I couldn't get up. I'd feel pain. And I tried again, and I still felt pain. And then I tried again. I was, like, so confused. I've never fallen like this where I couldn't get back up. And I pretty much had to crawl my way back into my house. Now, I was in tremendous pain for a few days and tried to avoid a lot of movement to avoid the pain that it caused. Then someone told me that the best remedy for this is just to start moving. So I went back to work, which... At that time, I was a bank teller, and we stood all day. So I had to be on my feet all day and walk if I had to, to get the different things that my customers needed. My movement was slow that first day. Even a customer commented on it, not knowing what happened to me. But as I continued to move, I gained more motion with less pain until it got a lot better. Let's talk about the emotion side. Fear is a natural reaction of our mind to danger. It's our innate warning mechanism telling us that there's something wrong. When you get into an accident or experience trauma, your brain can get stuck in this warning mode, which makes you anxious about anything and even possibly everything that you're facing because it thinks it's danger causing you more harm. That's because your brain doesn't want you to experience the same kind of pain again. It is trying to protect you. And so it now has this mode of any new thing that you're facing or you haven't faced in a while becomes a threat to you. When fear, which is your protective mechanism, your warning sign, stays at the forefront, then your courage muscle freezes up and needs to be loosened back up and go back in the forefront to let fear be a reserve for when you need it. Why do I say that? You don't need courage to face a head-on collision. You need fear to tell you to avoid it the best you can. Now, if you were not able to avoid it, sometimes what happens is that Fear stays at the forefront, and you just have to put it back in its place, back to its normal job. Okay, so how then do we stretch our courage muscle so that our pained mind and heart can get off the treadmill and start getting back to its regular or to their regular rhythms? Now, I'm sure there are many ways you can do that. But I want to focus on three things that you can start doing today that can help you feel better, help stretch those courage muscles so that you can find your way to healing. Okay, so number one, forgive and be forgiven. Whether it was your fault or not, how you got there is best left in the past so that you can move forward. And the best way to leave the past behind is by forgiveness. You got to forgive yourself if you keep thinking that it's your fault. You got to forgive others whom you may think are at fault. You got to forgive God if you think he's at fault, although I promise you he does not seek to harm you in any way. But forgive those whom you think may have offended you or if you need to ask forgiveness from someone else, do that. Keep in mind that there's nothing you can do to undo what's already done. Now, if you seek forgiveness for someone else and they don't forgive you, that's on them. Your job has been done. 
What you need is the key of forgiveness to help you leave behind the past and unlock the door to a new future for you, no matter what that may look like. So I remember feeling this when I had my concussion and I'd hear accusations in my head of, you know what, you hit your head because you did this, you did that, you're like this, you're like that. And when those things came in, I just had to go before God and say, Lord, if this is it, or if, if, if I'm sick because of this, please forgive me. And if it was a sin, yes, forgive me. We all have something to ask God for forgiveness for. And we can't say that we are completely blameless. Let's just be honest. But then after I would talk to God, over time, these accusations will start creeping back in. And I just had to remind myself that I have been forgiven. You may experience this. You may start feeling guilty. All of a sudden, that anxiety rises up again in you, and you're like thinking that you are just worth all the trouble that's happening to you right now. Let's be free of that. Let's receive the forgiveness that God provides. You can't save yourself. You can't help yourself by staying in that guilty state. Just seek forgiveness and then receive the forgiveness. Okay? So if, again, if you are staying where you are and are not making any progress because you feel like you deserve what happened to you, don't stay there. If you are staying where you are and are not making any progress because you feel like you deserve it, no, it's not always the case, but sometimes that's the case, then it's a good indication that you have either not asked for forgiveness or have not acknowledged that you have been forgiven. Let's not stay there. Let's go beyond that. Let's seek forgiveness and receive the forgiveness. Many times in the New Testament, when Jesus would heal somebody, he would assure them, that they have been forgiven. God does not hold grudges. He wants your wholeness and know that he has provided for your forgiveness. And this is through Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven. God does not hold grudges. He wants your wholeness. And he provides for your wholeness and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. All you have to do is ask and believe. Okay, so number one, Forgive and be forgiven. Number two, renew your mind. Once you've emptied the bucket of your mind of all the filthy negative thoughts and let it be washed clean by forgiveness, you have to fill it with good and healthy thoughts. If you don't know where to start, let me give you a few tips on how to do that. Fill your mind with thankfulness. Some people utilize what is called a gratitude journal, writing down things that they are thankful for. And studies have shown that being thankful or that gratitude makes you happier and healthier. When you start searching for every little thing that you can be thankful for, it rewires your brain so that you can get rid of toxic emotions and let the good stuff in. So let's be thankful for everything that we can be thankful for, even if it's just the sun shining in the morning or the water running in the faucet, 
You know, there are a lot of people still in this world who don't have a running faucet. They have to go to a well and with a bucket and then carry that for miles, walk home, and that's how they get water. The fact that you're alive is also something to be appreciative about. That means that God still has a purpose for your life. My mom told me once, I, this was years ago, I was still young and a kid. She was telling me about an older lady who can barely do anything. I think she was even bedridden, couldn't even go to church. But even in her state, she was still praying for people, interceding for them. She did not lose her purpose. Another example, Corey Ten Boom. She is a very wonderful woman who went through the Holocaust. If you haven't heard about her book, The Hiding Place, she wrote that. She spent the last years of her life being bedridden. Now, this woman who's touched the lives of millions of people, even up to now, did not lose hope even after being bedridden. You know what she did? She prayed for people that would come to mind. Her purpose was not based on the things that other people can do, but on what she can do to help them. Now, I don't think you can do that at the end of your life if you haven't practiced being grateful. Only someone who is grateful can still live and breathe to pray for others in their sickbed. Now, you can choose to be better, or you can choose to be thankful. One leads to more isolation, more stress. The other one leads to joy. Which one will you pick? Okay, number two, so be thankful, be grateful. Number two, read and memorize the Psalms. One of my uncles told me that the Psalms heal the mind. And I believe it. When I was Written with terrible anxiety at the height of my recovery from concussion, there was, uh, it was so terrible that I would feel like sinking into a deep black hole whenever it would strike. So I started memorizing the Psalms best I could. And when I got to Psalm 3, I found my fighting verse. Verse 6, I will not be afraid of 10,000s of people who have set themselves against me all around. And so whenever I would feel anxiety strike, I would shout that verse in my head. I will not be afraid of the many thousands who have set themselves against me all around. And over time, as I continued to do that, the attacks got weaker and weaker while my mind got stronger and stronger. I was less vulnerable to those anxiety attacks. Okay, number three, rejoice. I know. It's a tall order to rejoice when you're feeling terrible. But there's a reason why the Bible says to rejoice in the Lord always. It didn't say sometimes. It didn't say when you feel good. It said always. God knows that we'll be facing suffering in our lives. And that's why he put that verse there. I believe it. Do you know why laughter is the best medicine? It's not a trick question. It's because it is. Even science has proved that. When you choose to rejoice, you will see how it changes your mind quickly and gives you hope for what the future holds. Now, I have held jobs that I don't particularly think was something that I would do for the rest of my life. And I have, uh, I recall a few times where I would be sitting at my desk 
and just wanting to complain and not be happy about my job and then just just complaining about what I need to get done and then I would change my mindset and say you know what I'm happy to do this job I will do the best I can I'll be happy about it I'll, I'll be joyful in doing it and just like that it makes my job easier to do what I need to do because I've changed from being a complainer to being joyful in what I do. When I'm suffering from a broken heart or when I'm feeling sick, I don't like watching drama. I don't like watching negative stuff. I like watching things that make me laugh, make me hopeful. I don't want to cry. I want to laugh when my heart is sick. Okay, so far we've said that you can stretch your courage muscles by forgiving and being forgiven. Number two, by renewing your mind. And you can renew your mind by being thankful, by being... And you can renew your mind by being thankful, by reading and memorizing the Psalms, and by rejoicing. And how all this relates to courage is once you get rid of all these negative things and replace it with all these positive things, you find the courage to do something you feel like you didn't, couldn't do because of your illness. Okay, so number three in stretching our courage muscles is by serving others. Sometimes when we are injured, we feel like we can't even do anything for ourselves. How can we do something for somebody? And before you slam the door on me, hear me out. When you're sick or injured, it's so easy to get wrapped up in your own inability and insecurity. And, and you start feeling worthless. And you start losing courage of the things that you can do because you, can't, you think you can't do them anymore. Doing something for another helps you rekindle that courage of doing something. It helps you realize that you are still worth something no matter what you look like or feel like. Remember Corey Ten Boom? She was in her deathbed, basically, or sickbed. There's always something you can do for another person, whether it's just praying for them or giving them a smile, even if you feel pain in your body. It's good to take your mind off of yourself and start seeing other people around you, seeing them that are helping you and those that are being good to you. I have a really good friend who went through depression one time and it wasn't because of an injury, it was because of issues she was having in her marriage. Now, let me just give a side note that some injuries are not physical. Some injuries are emotional. In fact, a big portion of injuries are emotional. You can't see them. And these can cause traumas as well and depression and anxiety. So anyway, my friend took on a job delivering paper and she decided that she would make cupcakes and she would leave cupcakes with the paper she delivered. And you know what? That little act of service helped get her out of her depressive state. When she saw that it blessed others, the little thing that she did, it blessed her as well. Who knew that cupcakes can be a good remedy for depression? 
Another thing she did that I'd like to mention is that she started repeating the love chapter, 1 Corinthians 13. She started repeating it back to herself over and over until it changed the way she acted and reacted, and it changed her relationship for the better. So in other words, whatever kind of issue it is you're facing or going through, the Bible has the answers for you. It will give you the courage to change, the courage to do what is best for your situation. It's easier to change ourselves than to change someone else. So let the word of God be planted in you so deeply that it changes you. Now, you may not be able to change your situation overnight, but there are things that you can do to help you feel better, which leads to hope for your future. You can start by forgiving others, as we mentioned, or believing that you have been forgiven. Then, number two, renew your mind by filling it with good things. And number three, serve others even if all you can do is pray for them or give them a smile or give them thanks for what they've done for you. A word of encouragement. Okay, so try at least one of these this week and let me know how it works for you. Send me an email at music at Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to hit subscribe and please share it with your friends or those whom you think might benefit from it. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so those that need to hear about the show can also hear about it. Until next time, God bless.